of John. We had a tremendous devotion this morning on John 15. I thought, well, how wonderful. Because I'm going to be in John 14. <laughs> so. Runs together, doesn't it, brother? Uh, we call that unity of the Holy Spirit. Leadership of the Holy Spirit. Anyway, John's Gospel, chapter 14. Let me get this situated here just a little bit. All right. Let's go ahead and read just a little bit. <clears throat> now these verses, you've heard them a lot, probably read them a lot. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am there, you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father. Also, and from this forth you know him and seen him. I'll just sit down. This is... Now, Very familiar passage of scripture. Love them, love what it says, love the truths of it. I'm going to concentrate on verse 6, but before that I want to talk about these the context here. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Now the word troubled means troubled, agitated, troubled. Uh, why would he say that to his apostles now? Well, Jesus says he's going away. Now notice they've been with him for, we believe, about three and a half years. We could be off a few days on that. But about three and a half years. They have traveled with Jesus. They have had what is called a peripatetic school. That's Greek terms brought into English. Peri means around. Patetic, pateo, walking. You hear the little pitter-patter of feet? Pateo, walking around. They've had a walking around school, peripatetic school. So as they walked around, Palestine, basically the whole, many parts of it. Jesus will say, see here, this is this and this is that and that. And he teach, he's been teaching the whole time. They've had him with them. Now they're being told with all of the things that Jesus has told them that's coming. He's leaving them. So. That's why they're, at, they're troubled. But he says, let not your heart be troubled. If he says, let not, he, you've got the ability to let it not be troubled. He doesn't tell you something that you can't do. So, Jesus tells them, look back at chapter 13. Verse 33, little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, 
told him what to do after he's gone. He's going to be gone. Also, he tells him, he's going to be delivered over. And he's going to suffer. And he's going to die. And then he's going to go away after the resurrection. <coughs> so they're, they're concerned about that, very much so. He says, uh, one of them's a traitor. Back in chapter 13, verse 21, Jesus said, when Jesus had thus uh, said, he was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Now look, they've already had big problems. There's only 12 of them. There's not some big mob of people. And they know that they're hated and despised. And oh, Jesus is hated and despised. All kinds of accusations going against him. Now they look around out of their 12. One of them is a traitor. One of them is going to betray him. Do you think they had kind of reason to be troubled? Well, one of them also is going to deny him. Look back at chapter 13, verse 38. He's talking to Peter. And Peter, he says, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my, my sake? Truly, truly, I say unto you, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me three times, thrice. <coughs> now, wait a minute. There's only 12 of them. Jesus is going to be tortured and killed. And then he's, they don't even understand the resurrection. They know it, but they don't understand it. And then he's going to go back to his father, going back to heaven. And then of the 12, one of them is a, a, a traitor. And then another one is going to die him three times. You think maybe they're thinking, well, this thing just ain't going to work out. Well, we can get in fixes like this. Amen. Well, you see, the attendance is down. People don't come. What's going to happen? Not nearly as severe as they were in, but you see, you, you, people give you reasons to get down. Well, uh, he says that Satan is after him. In Luke 22, he told them that. He told Peter, Satan desires to sift you and going to do it to all of you. Then, in Matthew 26, he says that, well, look at Matthew 26 real quick. Thirty-one. This is after took the Lord's Supper. Notice that wasn't the Lord's dinner; it was the Lord's Supper. Amen. People say oh, it's dinner; it's not supper. The Bible says it's supper. Amen? Amen. That's what the Bible says. I don't care what convention says. The Bible says it's the Lord's Supper. That's an evening meal, and I'll stick with that. When they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives, and Jesus then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. All ye. <laughs> Why are we holding on to this? Our leader is going to, he's going to go through terror and he's going to be really mistreated. He's going to get killed and somehow he's leaving us besides that. 
One of us is a traitor. One of us is going to deny him three times. And all, all of us are going to be offended and run off from him. Why are we hanging on to this? This ain't going to work. And that's why Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Well, now he says, let not your heart be troubled. Then he says, uh, you believe or believe you in God, believe also in me. Now probably when he says you believe in God, that's, a, that's a, a, just a statement, indicative. But he says, believe also in me. That's probably an imperative. You know what an imperative is? It's something you have to do. It's a command. You believe in God, you believe also in me. And we find out in this area right here that if you have the Son, you have the Father. If you have not the Son, you have not the Father. And that goes out to all of our Jewish friends. If you don't have the Son, Jesus Christ, you don't have the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, you know what's going on in Israel right now, don't you? Have you seen that on the news? Where Iran, with Hamas being backed by Haran, made a terrible attack in Jerusalem. Way over 350 uh, Israelis killed, and no telling how many others. I think they are officially at war right now. And do you know where Iran got the money? Joe Biden just released six billion billion. That's six thousand million dollars to Iran. All they, his his cronies say, "Oh well, they didn't use that money for that." How do you know what they use that money for? Six billion dollars. He sure doesn't give it to the people, and that's what they're doing. Iran is dedicated to driving Israel into the ocean, into the Mediterranean Sea. They have said it repeatedly. Hamas is one of their Muslim groups, and they all pick up different names. I mean, I can't even think of all the names that they've got. It doesn't matter. Same game. Same game, same people, different names. And it's the Muslims. They're even saying this was their September 11th. Our September 11th killed 3,000. This, I don't know how many they've killed, but it's, it's set off a war. And the Israelis tell us, you got to protect your walls. Joe Biden cut our wall down. Talking about building it now, I guess he's afraid they ain't going to get elected. Anyway, that's what's going on over there right now. So we, we love, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalmist tells us to do that. And we love our Jewish friends. We don't hate Jews. But as Paul said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I could wish myself even accursed for my kinsmen according to the flesh. For they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for all righteousness. And so they have not done that. We're not against the Jews. But the Jews need to understand, if you have not the Son, you have not the Father. I don't care how many different ways you cut your hair. They get some of that haircut from the Old Testament. I don't know about it all, but that's, they get that from the Old Testament. 
Anyway, he says you believe in God, or you are believing in God, believe also in me. That's a commandment, imperative. (coughs) All right. He says, in my father's house, how warm is that? God the Father inhabits the universe. But he has a place where he resides. And it's called a house. Isn't that that warm? Isn't that nice? We like houses. In my father's house are many mansions. Now, What kind of a place would God dwell in? It wouldn't be a hovel, would it? It wouldn't be a dirt hut, would it? With thatched roof. Wouldn't be anything like that. Wouldn't be in a slum. So you might gather that where God abides, it's mansions. Anyway, the Apostles, they're feeling it's all over. What's going to happen to us? Where will we go? We might even be killed. Where will we go? Think about this. We're all going to die. The Bible calls this your house. Where will you go? You got some place to go. Let me tell you what. I don't look forward. I don't really think about it much. But when you think about it, there ain't no place colder than a grave, graveyard. Any time of year, it's cold. And you see that six foot dug out. And you think that's where that's where I'm going to be? That's not a happy thought, folks. I don't care who you are, but I am proud to tell you that's not where I'm going to go. I'm proud to tell you, by the grace of God, this is old wore out carcass will be there. Not me. I'm like old George Pease. He said, here lies George Pease. That's P-E-A-S. Just the body, just the pod. For Pease has shelled out and gone to God. (laughs) Anyway, so where will I go? I'm losing it. I'm getting kicked out of my house. You said something about old age, brother. That's the explanation for a lot of these problems coming on us. It's old age. I know it. It is. How much longer? You ever hear that song, Ain't Gonna uh, Fix This House Up? You know, the old, I forget all the words to it, but Ain't Gonna Live Here No Longer. Ain't Gonna Fix This House Up. Ain't Got Time to Worry About It. Well, that's exactly what's happening. And that's what's, what the, the disciples, what they're worried about. They're losing their house. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 real quick. Verse uh, 1, for we know that if our earthly house, here we go, a house, I'm going to be evicted from my house before long. If it were dissolved, it's going to be. We have a building of God and a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon 
with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed. But clothed upon that mortality. That means death, dying, might be swallowed up of life. We're in these mortal bodies. We're going to die. But that that might be swallowed up by life. Now he that hath wrought the, us for the self-same thing is God. Who also hath given unto us the earnest of the spirit. Not a down payment. It's a, it's a certainty. Certainty. Therefore we are always confident. Knowing that whilst we are at home in the body. We are absent from the Lord. But we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident I say. <coughs> I'm willing rather to be absent from the body. And to be present with the Lord. So. You're losing your house. There's people who lose their homes all the time. They worry about where they're going. Well, we're all going to lose our home. We're going to lose this home. Where are you going? Jesus is giving them assurance of what he's doing. He said, for in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Yes, Jesus, I believe you. If this was a lie, as hundreds of thousands of, of, of heathen on the Facebook and the internet run their mouths about, about cutting down the Bible and what it says. But see, they're a bunch of riffraff and they don't know what they're talking about. This is the word of God. And Jesus said, if it were not told so, I would have told you. I have utmost confidence in Jesus. We'll find something else about him too. If it were not so, I would have told you. <coughs> this body. I don't know, but the Lord's got it all fixed up. Amen. That ought to be a happy, happy note. Well, he says, and whither or where... Where I go, you know, and the way, you know. All right. They should. His apostles should have known. They've been told, but it hadn't sunk in yet. So, even though they're right there with him in the flesh, they haven't grasped everything that they should have. Well, it takes us a while to learn, folks. Anyway, he says in verse 3, and if I go, and that's not, a, that's not an if-if. It's a, therefore I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now there is a Prophecy of his second coming. Amen. His bodily second coming. And receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Say, well, what, what's it going to be like up there? I don't know. I can't really tell you. But wherever it is, it's where he is. Whatever's there is what he says will be there. And it'll be there. He's gone to prepare a place. Now, look over Hebrews 9 real quick. Verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin. Under salvation. I heard a guy that's supposed to have been a prophecy expert preaching where he shouldn't have been allowed to preach. In the pulpit he shouldn't have been in. He said that this thing about the second coming of Christ is not so. Well, that says it's so. Anyway, 
That is his second coming. Now, uh, he says, I go and prepare a place for you. Hold your place there and look at Matthew 3. Verse 3, for this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. That's the exact same word that Jesus uses over and says, I go to prepare a place for you. Somebody said, well, what, what, you mean it wasn't done? I don't know. Uh if you've got a, a house in Florida, big beach house in Florida, and you've got it locked up, nobody's in it. I mean, it's all full of just, just, nobody's been in it. The lights are not turned on, and this, the stuff, air conditioning and all that. You send somebody ahead to get it prepared for you. They're not building it. They're getting it prepared for you. John the Baptist came to prepare the way for the Lord. I used to say, John the Baptist came driving his bulldozer of truth. He brought the high places down and he straightened out the crooked places. Prepared the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, so he's preparing the way for us. All right. So like I said, same word. And I said in verse 4, they've been told, but they've not grasped this. Verse 5, then our Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, where thou goest. Whither is just old English for where. And how can we know the way? Now there's Thomas. He's been told more than once, and so have the rest of them. But he just has not grasped what was going on, what he was told. <clears throat> he's saying, Lord, I don't know where we're going. How will I get there? <laughs> well, if you don't know where you're going, you got no way to get there. As I always like to say when I get in the car, all right, girls, where are we going? Well, I don't know. Tell me where we're going before I leave. I got to know where we're going before I get on the road. I need to know what road to get on. And that's what Thomas is saying. He said, I don't know the, I don't know where and I don't know how. But he did know. He just did, didn't grasp it. Uh, and you get away from the Lord. You get to fooling around with the ideas of this world. The opinions and ideas of this world. You can lose your way. And I think that's probably his problem. And then verse 6, he says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, let's hold your place there and look at John chapter 11 real quick. Jesus is pretty plain about who he is. Verse 25 of chapter 11, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Look back at chapter 10, verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them, again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Look at John 8. Verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have. <coughs> and that's so, so, so true. I hope you've experienced some of that. That walking in the light of the Word of God. You're not walking in darkness. This world walks in darkness. This world, well, I don't know whether there's a God or not. 
I don't know about all that religious stuff, that heaven and hell and all that stuff. Now, everybody believes in heaven. I hear them talk about it all the time. And I guess they think it's all open for just anybody, but it's not. It's only open for those who are in Christ. Amen. Not many people believe in the only time. The only time people believe in hell is when they get mad at somebody and say, go to. People get mad. Don't they tell everybody to go to? Yeah. And then you ask, do you believe in hell? No. Why do you tell somebody to go there then? You, you can hear that anytime you want to hear that. It's all over the place. So, this world does not know. They don't know where they came from. Most of them believe they came from pond scum. You know that old green, sickly-looking stuff that gets on a on a, a a pond, a stagnated pond. You know what I'm talking about. You wouldn't want to pick that up and slurp it, would you? Well, that's what they tell you, kids, that that's where they came from. And then they tell them, well, they're nothing but just animals, and they certainly act like it. That, I mean, that's what this whole world lives on. Saw it on this past week. The oldest object in the world. Some kind of a sapphire. And they said that sapphire is some 3.5 billion years old. And if you look at that sapphire, you can tell exactly what this whole world was in the beginning. I don't think they could tell any such thing from that stone. I don't think that looks any older than one they just manufactured. But they don't know where they came, how they got here. They think they're, they came from pond scum. By total accident. How'd they know what to do to your eyeball, brother? They better know something about it. And how could they know that about it if it was just accidentally? You know, I look around, I see all of us got eyes right here in our head. Now, some of them close, some of them wide, some of them not so close and not so wide, some of them dark, some of them light, one of them red. All different kinds of faces, but yet they're all the same. That all happened accidentally. That's what most of this world is laboring under. They're in darkness, folks. They don't know. And they say, well, what's going to happen? We know what's going to happen. We know what has happened. They don't even know what has happened. You know, they don't even know how Alexander the Great died. As famous of a man as he was, they don't even know for sure how he died. And you look at what we look at what Brother Tim gives us in our Sunday school class. Look at the details of history that are there. And you know, David lived a long time before Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great's talking about the fourth century BC. David lived in the eleventh century BC. And we've got we've got detailed information. About David, his family, and all his his other folks. Anyway. Now. Verse 6 he says. I am the way. So. Thomas says, Lord, how can we know the way? He said, I am the way. Now you know this verse right here. I'll guarantee you, if you're speaking, leading in prayer at Rupp Arena or anywhere else where there's a crowd in the news media, if you were to quote this verse, you would cause a riot. Look what he says. I <coughs> am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man comes unto the Father but by me. You know what that verse does? It rules out every other religion in this world. It rules out Muhammad, Islam. It rules out Hindu. It rules out all the rest of them. No man comes unto the Father but by me. It rules out Judaism. Now, you people don't want to hear this. Oh, well, what about all them people that ain't never heard? You, you, that's what they say. Oh, you, you mean that's on the way when they interview somebody on television? Uh, that's, that's what, you mean you think that people that don't know Jesus Christ can't be saved, can't go to heaven? Yes, that's what the Bible says. Amen. Oh, you know, we can't accept anything like that. Well, it ain't up to you to accept it. God states it and that makes it true. And you either get in line or you lose out completely. So, no man comes unto the Father but by me. Uh, Why don't people come to Christ? Because they don't like him. They don't want him. They don't want to be told they've got to come to Christ. He is separate and above. I'm the way, the only way. He taught that to Adam in the Garden of Eden. You see, uh, when God drove Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, he put a some cherubims there with flaming swords. Block the way to the tree of life. Sword that turned every way. Incidentally, it was flaming. It had fire on it. When Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, they knew what fire was. They didn't have to discover fire. They already knew what it was. Anyway, one thing about it. They couldn't get back in. For all time and eternity, they could not get back in to the Garden of Eden, to the Tree of Life. Couldn't get there. (coughs) But in time, one came. Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ marched right up there to the entrance to the tree of the way of the tree of life. And he received the sword. And he died on the cross of Calvary. And to show that he had opened up the way to the tree of life, the veil in the temple rent. From the top to the bottom. Well, now that way is open. But only through Christ. He is the way. Uh, Now all who will may enter over his bleeding body. Zechariah talks about this sword. And that sword went into his side. He put the sword aside on the cross. And uh, if you're going to go to the tree of life, that's how you got to go. Right over him. Right through him. Uh, access to the throne of grace. To eat of the tree of life and live forever. He taught it to Moses and the Israelites at the burning bush. Uh, the holy of holies. He didn't sneak into it. He entered into once for all. 
and obtained eternal redemption. Now a sinner has access, but only through Christ. I am the way. I am the way. Remember we read in John 10, I am the door. The eastern gate. You see that eastern gate in the tabernacle. He is the way, the only way. Secondly, Christ is the truth. He is not a truth. He is the truth. Nothing makes sense without him. Seriously. Seriously. You take somebody that, I I respect people that get a, a good education. They've got a PhD or a, uh, degrees in all of these various disciplines, medical doctors, all kinds of doctors, so and so, got went to the top of their field. <coughs> and what does all that education do for them when they're laying on the bed? deathbed it doesn't obtain a thing it doesn't do a thing for them and when it's time for them to die all of the doctors can't help them I mean you run out of doctrine at times the doctors just got to wipe their hands because they can't do anything else They've done, they don't even know what's wrong with you let alone what to do about it and if they did they couldn't do anything about it anyway and all of this education, I appreciate it. I love to study. I appreciate all that. But all the studying in the world is not going to get you to God the Father. Not going to get you there. It just won't do it. Say, so, well, education is important, yeah? People say in school, yeah, my kids got to go to school. Yeah, but they don't have to go to Sunday school and church. They don't have to do that. But they got to go to school. That's all over. Yeah, we know why. Because school, you get a good job, get some moolah. And then you, hey, I saw him in this obituary yesterday. 31-year-old, dead. 28-year-old, dead. 3-year-old, dead. Well, education's all right. But it's not ahead of eternal salvation. Not at all. So he is the truth, not just a truth, he's the truth. What is good all, all your experience? What, I've had a lot of experiences in life. You, I can sit down and talk to you. I can tell a lot of stories, can I? About all the things, I've done lots of things, been lots of places. I really have. I didn't do it on a, I did it on a shoestring. I didn't do it on the, on the high end, but I've been all over. Done a lot of things. Been in lots of places. I really have. But all that experience, it's just experience I've had. It doesn't, that doesn't do me anything. Not at all. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Not what you've experienced. Not what you've learned. He is the truth. I've heard Billy Graham quote Mao Zedong. Sayings of Mao. You ever heard anybody like that? I've heard Billy Graham quote uh, all the Roman emperor back in the second century. Marcus Aurelius. He's, he's with the classics. The writings of Marcus Aurelius are looked at as classical and good high, highfalutin stuff. Right there with Plato and all that. But I see Marcus Aurelius. I I see somebody who absolutely slaughtered hundreds and thousands of Baptists. In 165 in, in France. Southern France. He most certainly did. He was a murderer. And yet I've heard Billy Graham quote him and praise him as a great writer. Take all of the sayings of Mao, Mao Zedong, he was a communist. I think he was probably the first big communist Chinese after the Boxer Rebellion and all that. 
I don't know a lot about him, but I know they talk about him. But just supposing you really got interested in that, and you memorize all of the saints of Mao, and memorize all of the writings of Marcus Aurelius. What would that do you when you leave this house, when you die? That's not going to do a thing for you, because you see those fellas, number one, they were just feet of clay just like you, and they've already died. You know how long they've been dead? Ever since they died. Do you know how much money they took with them? Nothing. Bible tells me that. You brought nothing in this world. That's for sure. You ain't going to carry nothing out. So all that won't do you any good. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And then he also says, I am the light. Oh, incidentally. A lot of that knowledge you gain will be used against you at the great white throne judgment. You see, to know to do good and doeth it not, Amen. Wow. it'll be used against you, not for you. And then we see he is the life. <coughs> now what's that mean? What it says. He is the author and the giver of life. You see, now, they just can't, all of these so-called geneticists and so-called scientists that do all of the, demos, the, the microscope and all of that stuff, there's just one thing they can't answer. It's called ah biogenesis. They have to believe that somewhere way back yonder that life came from non-life. That's the only answer they've got. They can't figure where life comes from. So they have to say it came from non-life. And yet, I see, what was that guy's name? Tesla was one of them. <coughs> There's another one that was supposed to have created life in a test tube. And he all, all he got was some left-handed uh, proteins that couldn't do anything. Can't remember his name right now. You remember, the, it hadn't been too awful long ago. Anyway. Well, that's where that Frankenstein came from. They're getting the lab, mad scientists in the laboratory getting all this stuff done, and then a lightning strike hits it and that electric, and then all of a sudden it comes to life. They had to get life from someplace, and that's, that's science fiction. You notice that guy, oh, he's got several names. He's on the television, he's got television shows. Every show he's got, He's, he's talking about science fiction. Because that's what his science is. It's fiction. Evolutionary fiction is what it is. It's all that. No. Life did not come from non-life. That piece of wood there. That's non-life. In a billion, trillion years, it will never Produce life. You can't imagine enough time for that to ever produce life. Well, I think David mentioned this. That several heard this. You take a frog. Not like old frog, but just for example's sake, you take that frog and put him in a blender. Now you got a mess, and you got a green, bloody mess. Now, 
But it's all airtight, nothing else in there. All you've got is that frog. So you've got all of the chemicals that make up life. Right? Now I want anybody to take that. You don't have to wonder what they are. They're all right there. You know they're there. They were just croaking just a minute ago. Now you've got all the chemicals there. Can you ever make that come back to life? But you've got all the chemicals, and that's what they say all the way back. Well, this in that prebiotic soup, all the chemicals just got together and then electrocuted or something and came to life. <coughs> you've got to have more than chemicals. Life is more than chemicals. Cause life has to come from life. And where is life? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Acts 4 says there's no, none other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved than the Lord Christ. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. You read Romans 1, you get the history of the world there, the depravity of this world, and they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. And that's where we are today. Do you know why evolution is as rampant as it is? Because people do not want God telling them what they can or cannot do. They've even admitted that. Anyway, let not your heart be troubled. Yes, we're.